What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if, if we have been unified with him in a death like his, we shall, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we, have, uh, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Mm. What is that? That's 12? Uh, Romans 6, 1 through 14. So anything pop out? Anything you're uncertain about? Have questions about? Questions are good. Ask them. I like the very like first verse where he comes out and just says, you know, this is how you should you know, be doing it. Or like, you know, don't continue to sin, you know, just to find more grace you know yeah you know but just grace abusers yeah well okay so we went over Romans 8 last year and we went into this a little bit but Paul writing to the Romans they're going through this weird time of uh, where is it I forget where we read it at but they're basically thinking well if God's grace abounds over sin then the more we sin the more God gets to practice his grace on us so let's just sin 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 right Sounds good. Then we get to experience God's grace even more and more and more. But here, let's even read uh, chapter 5, 18 through, and I'll read into 6, and it'll make more context. And we're talking about Adam as Adam's sin, Adam and Eve's sin. One sin cursed us all. But by the one act of Jesus Christ, it saved us all. Okay, that's where we're at right now. Verse 18, chapter 5. Therefore, as one, man, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that sin, so that as sin reigned in death, death also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what do we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. Okay, so that's actually where, we're, where I was thinking, where did we read that part at? So in verse 19, for as we, as by one man's disobedience, okay, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So he's saying, so God created the law, 
which just revealed our sinfulness and our rebellion against God. So that increased the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So God revealed our shortcomings, and then he's basically covering our sin through Christ. So we sin, but it's been covered. So the grace has abounded through Christ. But what does that mean? Shall we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Died to sin still live in it. Because we have died with Christ in his death. That we might be raised up with him when he raised. When he raised from the dead, we were dead to our sin. So how can we still live in it? Paul's urging his people, get back to Christ. Get back to the cross. What does it mean when he's in verse 13 of chapter 6? Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who, are, who have been brought from death to life. When he's saying members, he's saying like, like say like my hands, or is he saying like our like brothers and sisters? I think he's just talking about because, uh, like he says it right there, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself. I think he's just saying all of you, every single part of you, right. is to be holy and righteous before God. You know, we can't be holy with our left hands and sin with our right hands. It doesn't that doesn't make sense. Present your entire selves, all your members, every piece of you to God is his and it's his for holiness and his for his glory so when it says for sin shall not shall not be a master because you are not under law but under grace mm-hmm. so that means you're under the law of God so sin can't control you yes before we repent and turn from our lives of sin we are slaves to our sin this whole idea that the world takes on is free will and a free spirit and I do what I want to do all they're admitting to and which they don't understand is they're a slave to all their desires they can't help but do everything they want to do they are and if as you guys get older this is going to make more and more sense to you guys as you struggle and as you fight for your own sanctification every day how much you know when you're like trying you really don't want to do that and you're just you feel like you're just captivated by it Right, and, and then you sin, and you're like, oh, why did I do that? That's exactly that idea of being a slave to sin. But now, we're a slave to righteousness. We're a slave to Christ. And not slave in the way that we've come to know that word is slave. Slave simply meaning who you're obeying. What are you uh, listening to? Who, who's, who's guiding your feet? If it's yourself, you're leading straight to sin. If it's Christ, your only uh, location in Christ is to glory within, to heaven, to holiness, to righteousness, all by his guiding, right? You know, slave back in the day wasn't so much a negative thing. It was more like they were, they were servants. They were workers. They were, you know, um, I love in the New Testament how it talks about bond servant because that shows that they're free. They're free slaves. The slave was just, it's like, you know, it's an employee. It's almost like the old school term for employee kind of. Um, but a bond servant's quite important. That's what you were just talking about. Yeah. To think that we are bond servants of Christ. We are in his employment. We have put ourselves under him. His, he's the boss, right? We put ourselves in a place of servitude to him, you know? We put our place in a bond servant. Like, we bonded to him. But then, like, what they were talking about, what stood out to me was verse 6. Um, we, not, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that 
the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So, like, that's what stood out to me, was, like, mm-hmm. the idea that we're no longer enslaved to our mentality. Uh, we have now, instead, because we've been crucified with Christ, we rose again, the sin has no dominion over us, has no power, it can't hold us, because we've enslaved ourselves and bonded ourselves under Christ. Like, it's this, this... A really powerful image. Yeah, it's like the picture that God created for us through Christ is exactly, along with all the graces that came with the cross, also came this picture of our lives now that we were crucified. That dirty, ugly, nasty sin was put on on Christ. Perfect and holy being who has done no wrong, put to death. Our sin has died because how did our sin die? Because it was put on Christ. All of our sin, future, present, and past, put on Christ, and it was died. It was buried. And now he rose righteous and holy, and the work is complete. And guess what? Our sin has died. We're rising with him. Our holiness and our righteousness is in him. And so now, like in verse, uh, halfway through verse 4, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. It's an action. We're walking in newness of life. That's so important. Those, both those words together. We're not living a stagnant life. We don't just sit back in our full assurance of faith and, and just let the time pass and let everyone else go to hell, right? We're walking in newness of life, being a light in the world that the world needs to, 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 to see. And we need to be proclaiming the gospel so that God's chosen people can hear that voice and be like, that's what I'm missing. We, we can't determine who is a Christian or who's meant to be a Christian. We just need to proclaim. We need to be walking in that newness of life so that we can be making disciples.